and welcome to episode 59 of the Night Guy podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're talking about Tell David. It's the second story from episode 14 of season 2. It was written by Gerald Sanford, directed by Jeff Corey, and it's based on a short story by Penelope Wallace. Now this is a story which has a fair bit of melodrama in it. And it covers, and therefore... Uh, an emotion which pops up quite frequently in melodrama one of jealousy jealousy is what we normally paint green and jealousy provides the springboard of this particular painting it offers up the bottom line of what can happen to human beings when trust is wiped out by suspicion at this point it ceases to be just a kind of titillating tale of human comedy it becomes what it is a horror story our painting is called Tell David. So a story begins with a woman called Anne. And she's driving home one evening and the weather is terrible. Awful, awful driving rain. She's lost. And so she stops at a house she sees and asks for directions. Uh, there are a couple that live there. A Pat and David uh, Blessington. Now these are a couple who... Um, well, they seem very nice. They're nice people. They have an incredible flat as well. It's it's filled with gadgets. They're certainly some things that you wouldn't normally see in 1970s, although you might see them in these days. There is a video phone, for example. Uh, electronic goods, like a, uh, a laptop electronic map. Um, and also a CCTV that pops at the, the, the flick of a button. Um... They, 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 they seem great and, they, and she has a good time seeing them and then the conversation goes to various things and in the end um, well she she decides well the, the offer from David is that Anne could, should return at some point and they, and they can they can meet again they, he enjoys her company when he returns her, when she, well when she returns home we find out a couple of interesting facts about her one they have a four year old son her and her husband uh, a young boy called David. Also, we discover that um, Anne has a husband called Tony. And her and Tony really don't actually get on anymore. Since the birth of the son, they've been at each other's throats. They have uh, There is a, a darkness now between them, which is spared on almost entirely because of her jealousy and the way she sees the relationship going. We flip back to uh, Anne deciding to see the couple again. That's uh, David and Pat Blessington. And they, she, they have a conversation, one really about memories and also about feelings. And um, after discussing his earliest memory of when he was four uh, and cutting his thumb, we discover a far grimmer thing about him and his past and the damage that jealousy has done to him. At least I remember cutting my thumb. I was trying to slice the cake. I still have the scar. <laughs> Poor baby. <laughs> Do you two want any children? You're so... We're still getting to know each other. But you already seem so much in love. No, it's all a front. Don't believe a word of it. 
<laughs> no, there's trust. And that's important. I saw it in your face, Pat, when that girl kissed David. It didn't seem to bother you. Why should it? I know David loves me. I know my husband loves me, but if a girl that young and that pretty showed him that much affection... What? I'm afraid I'd be very jealous. The old green-eyed monster strikes again. And again and again. Sometimes I think he lives right in my body. Then you should send him an eviction notice, Anne, because he can be a very disruptive tenant. You sound like you've had some dealings with him. I have. David, please. No. Tell me. My mother was also a very jealous woman. And it destroyed her. How? How does the monster work? Subtly at first. It enters your system like a chill, and then it grows like a cancer. You begin by imagining things that never really happen. And then things happen that you imagine. A few days after my fourth birthday, my mother imagined that my father was in love with someone else, so she killed him. That's awful. Yeah. That's only the beginning. Shortly before her trial, she killed herself, too. Who raised you? A distant relative of my father, a woman named Blessington. She gave me this name so I wouldn't be haunted all my life by the scandal. I'm so sorry. Everything starts to click into place for Anne. Um, at the point when she, uh, on her, her son's fourth birthday, when he does cut his thumb uh, trying to cut the cake, um, it all becomes, and also when she discovers there is a Jane Blessington who is a distant cousin of her, her um, a distant cousin of her husband, who is uh, who has come to visit, who's from the other side, from the other side of the country. They um, they decide to uh, well. It all becomes a bit too much. She gets freaked out and explains the situation to her husband and basically says, I think I've travelled 20 years into the future and met my son who's warned me I'm going to kill you and kill myself. Unsurprisingly, this concept is poo-pooed somewhat by the husband. He thinks she's hysterical. And uh, thing, although things become a lot grimmer, a lot quicker, when in the middle of that night, she wakes up, decides to go down to see her husband because she has proof, something that's been brought back from the future, in this case, a pack of cigarettes. And she wants to talk to her husband. When she bursts into the room to see him, he's a bit busy trying to get off with the nanny uh, he's cupping her uh, you know he's, he, he's, he's trying to kiss her he's being very amorous and the nanny's being a bit you know don't do that kind of thing it becomes apparent that possibly he's been doing it one time too many she unsurprisingly in a almost into, into a dream she's obviously not aware what she's doing she takes a gun from a drawer goes into the room and shoots her husband 
we flick to this distant cousin, Jane, Jane Blessington, who is talking to her and saying about lawyers and, and whatnot. And we get the final denouncement, basically, the reason why she looks so calm and almost happy. She believes that her son will be a happy man when he's older. And also, she knows that she's now going to kill herself. I'm going to see to it that you have a good lawyer, Anne. I know you were ill at the time. No. I won't need a lawyer. But of course you will. No. I'm not going to stand trial. I know this. Just as I know that David will grow up to be happy and have a good life. That's just right for him. And most important, I know he's going to forgive me. You see, he kept my picture. He said I was very beautiful. Okay, that was a that's a, a little happy tale, isn't it? Um, a little a little bit of sunshine for a, for a, a dreary winter day. The story itself is utterly, utterly crazy. There are plot holes galore. Um, the concept of time travel, which is just kind of like almost like it's normal, really. The way she acts, her husband, uh, uh, everyone around and. Who incidentally is played by Sandra D. Everyone around Anne is uh, talking to her like she's mad when she mentions this. Well, her husband is anyway. He's going to pay she details. I like it's like she's completely mad for for even considering the concept of time travel. On the other hand, her son, who is uh, you know it could, you know David, who is a twenty four year old version of her son anyway. Seems to take it all completely in his stride. That this is a perfectly normal and acceptable way for things to happen. Um, Anne doesn't react at all to things that you, you've never seen. She would, 1971, CCTV, I mean, is a possibility because you're aware of, of cameras. But video, no. They wouldn't see that in a house. A map like an electronic map it's just a little bit too it's 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 futuristic and she doesn't really react to that futurism futuristic nature at all it seems it seems a bit much like particularly you know like the TV, the, the telly viewer that that she talks she sees you know this with the cctv is like some elaborate artwork almost that converts into a, to a CCTV camera. It's very, it's all very strange. And that doesn't help either. All these plot holes are from the original story. All of them. The Penelope Wallace um, short story. They're all from that. Um, they were kind of possibly a bit too faithfully carried over. And some of these things should have been addressed. Um... There's a quote, well, director Jeff Corey said at the time, he grumbled almost, or he definitely moaned, saying, I absolutely couldn't follow the story. And um, I think some ways you're probably right. You kind of get dragged along by the drama of it more than anything. Um, 
So that was the, the introduction of my cat Harpo to the podcast. Just put Harpo down for a second. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy story that it's just a bit too, too much, really. Um, you wonder exactly where all this is going. And it kind of swirls along. On the other hand, I quite like the style of it. I like the futuristic style of that house. I mean, it's one of those ones where it kind of gets stuff right. Um, you know, CCTV in the home. Not a lot of people would have that, but you could have it now. And you could certainly have a TV that looked like that kind of television. You know what I mean? If you really wanted to, it's possible. Um, you could... Um, I mean, the map is OTT but my, my mobile phone now has a map on it uh, and I could download anything I mean that would be suitably futuristic I suppose in a sense you wouldn't need a, an isolated one box but you know it's meant to be like 1989 or something so it certainly has an element of the possibility that um, you know you could you know that, 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 that kind of map could be possible, you know, could, could exist in that world. And I like, I mean, I like that stuff. I really like the, the, the I mean, I think that, that futuristic stuff was actually done really well. I mean, I, 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 I always think that the best kind of like, you know, near future kind of work is always stuff that we've got now, but with a, like a slightly better need, you know what I mean? Like, sm- you know, smaller mobile phones or, or you know, close contact kind of payment system stuff like that. I mean, that's that's where the future is going. I think. Um, in a sense, it reminds me of something that was. Um, I mean, this is unrelated in a sense because I'm pushing us forwards towards uh, something that was re- released last year. Um, a TV show that was shown in the UK called Black Mirror, and um, Black Mirror was uh, a, a three three short stories. Put out over, well, it was it was over just just in in December, and uh, there was the third story was one that was it was a bit different to the other two. The other two were deliberately quite shocking and quite heavy in its satire. The one that the, the sticks in the mind is the entire history of you, which is a story about somebody. Which very much, if you're interested, if you enjoy this story, I would I would defo say if you haven't seen it uh, to search it out. I think you can get it. On, if you're in the UK on 4 Road D, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find it easy enough. On it, you know, if in America, if you if you look if you try to search it out. Thai history of you is a story about how technology, in this case, um, the ability to record something, can lead to problems in relationships, uh, jealousy as well. So it has this kind of it has a similar kind of feel to it. It's a lot more extreme than Tell David, but it, I think it has a, a similar tone to it and how jealousy can destroy somebody's life and if you've not seen that I would recommend it Um, struggle to recommend the other two just because they're so off the wall and a bit strong and uh, certainly the first story the National Anthem is uh, a love it or hate it kind of story just because it's quite deliberately offensive in in in, in what it sets out to do but um, certainly this one I think is definitely worth a look what I'd say about Tell David on an unrelated notice, just how much goes unanswered. You don't really know why Anne is so accepting of this technological world. Why Tony, oh sorry, David, is um, 
is is so accepting the fact that that's blatantly your mum who's walked in the door there. It looks exactly like her. And there's another thing as well, something I haven't mentioned yet, and the reason why I haven't mentioned it is because it's hugely clanging and it's difficult to. I normally, when I do the do the reviews, obviously I mention the fact that uh, you know so and so is played by so and so, like you know. When I say Anne, and then I say who it's played by. In this case, Anne Bolt was played by Sandra D. Tony, his her wife, Tony Bolt, and David Blessington are both played by the same actor, uh, Jared Martin. Now, let's ignore the fact that Anne, like David, doesn't recognise his own mother, even though he says he's got a picture of her. Let's ignore that for a second. And let's look at the fact that she then doesn't mention she met somebody who looks exactly like in every way like her husband. Like in every way. He's got different haircut and a bit of facial hair, but it's the same bloke. And it looks the same. And I don't understand why they've done that really, because ultimately it would have been probably wiser to use um, you know, two actors that look the same, you know, like two gingers or, you know, two people who have got similar similar you know blue eyes and blonde hair or whatever of a similar age so it you know it doesn't quite look so like why are them two the same it, 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 it feels confusing and in a story that has a lot of things in truth that feel quite confusing I think it's a bit of a problem uh, on the other hand on the other hand the um, the finale when and stares into the distance and like kind of declares that it's going to be okay because she's got her solutions. She's serene. She acts quite cleverly in that. And then that because it in that in that moment she acts with the uh, the calmness of somebody who has destroyed everything, but knows that they're going to kill themselves and that that escape is there. And I think that's very well handled in this story. Very well handled indeed. Uh, it's a it, it's something I feel that saves the story, but I think looking at it, I do wonder if you know if you've only got half an eye on it, like you know it's television after all. I wonder how many people when we first watched it really got what was going on, just because they're like, is that same guy? They did what's this? Why is that? You know what I mean? It why is he? Oh, it's time travel. You know what I mean? Those kind of all those kind of things, and that's almost accepted like like it's normal at some points and it, you don't quite grasp you can't, I think part of the reason is because it's only a 21 minute episode uh, and like you don't have enough time to build the world and exactly how it works and whether all this is, is normal or not but yeah I mean Jared Martin's uh, playing both both characters definitely doesn't help I mean I, what I the thing that always sticks in my mind is the moment when they Anne comes back and she has this argument with with Tony, and um, he's got like the first time you see Tony, he's got this like mask on, this um, like a witch's hag mask, and he's just wailing at her. And because you've got no point in reference about what's going on, you're like, is that just really bad makeup? Is that real? What is that? What is why is she why is she having this argument with somebody with a mask on? What I just didn't make it completely jot through me, and I think 
like you know that is like the only predominant memory from the story just being completely befuddled by elements to it and that's a shame because at its heart it's a really good story I think you know it's a story about a core story of, of, of jealousy and, and fate almost and whether you know and and, and you know it's big shock horror pay, payoff is the acceptance of suicide as being something that is acceptable and uh, I think you know even now let alone in the 70s that's a an interesting and quite aggressive payoff to have is that how I sound to you like an old hag sometimes beautiful Sometimes. Okay, um, if you want to get hold of us, as always, you can do, and that'd be really good to speak to you. Uh, easiest way is on the website, www.thetwilightzonenetwork.com. Uh, you can click today, you can go to our Facebook and our Twitter page. Twitter page tends to, Twitter tends to be like updates about when we've done something new on the website. Uh, and, and the Facebook, you know, if you want to say hello, say hello. If you want to speak to me personally, the best way is through my Twitter account, which is at orange underscore monkey. It is privacy locked at the moment, uh, but don't let that put you off. Just do a follow and uh, I'll follow you back. Um, that's it for this week, I think. Next week, we have got Lagoda's Heads, which is a, well, it's a slightly shorter story. And... Um, We've got a couple of interesting things to talk about about it. Um, not least, you know, there's, a, there's an element of it's of its time. I think that's probably fair to say. But uh, until then, take care and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>